this is anything about Square, a Federation Square podcast. You are joined today by two First Nation curators, myself, Jamaine Beasley, and we've got sister girl, Shireen Stewart. So we'll do a quick acknowledgement first. Shireen, do you want to take that one over? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, where I am right now, I just want to acknowledge the traditional custodians here, the Bunwarang and the Woiwurrung peoples of the Eastern Kulin Nation, and I pay my respect to um, ancestors, elders, past and present. Beautiful. Uh, just a quick introduction. So I did say before, my name is Jermaine Beasley. I'm a proud Waka Waka Kabi Kabi fella from small country town of Eidsvold, which is central Queensland. I'm currently living in Queensland, in Brisbane, here uh, as a creative producer for Brisbane Festival. And Shireen, want to give a quick intro? Sure. My name is Shireen Stewart. I'm a proud Tanarong woman of Eastern Kulin Nation. I am currently the executive producer of Yurumboy First Nations Festival. I am also a curator, worked on co-curating with the lovely Jermaine Beasley there at Black Heart Festival in partnership with City of Melbourne and Federation Square, where I should be now working with First Nations artists and creatives. Yes, beautiful. And that's why we are here today, to talk to you about uh, Black Heart, our experiences within Black Heart, and why it's, it's really important to showcase First Nations creatives in the in the spotlight. Black Heart was an incredible one-day takeover of Federation Square. It was creative playground day, Shireen, of storytelling, contemporary dance, music, and visual arts. Showcasing was it over 50, 60 people of First Nation creatives. Yeah, we had close to 70, I would say. Well, 70, yeah, yeah, I thought so. Yeah, showcasing over 70 First Nation creatives all across Federation Square. I think a good place to start about um, talking about Black Heart is the lead time that we had <laughs> to curate and produce and program and engage. We only really had two months to curate and produce that with so many different layers and in those layers are the, you know, the major stakeholders in this festival or this event. It was City of Melbourne, our community, the First Nations community and Federation Square. And I think what made it for me personally, I don't know how you feel about it, Jermaine, what made it easy and rewarding to do this was that Federation Square understood what self-determination was. They knew that in order to deliver a successful event that showcased First Nations creatives, they needed First Nations curators and producers to lead it. Absolutely, 100%. So thank you, Federation Square, for doing that. And one thing that I wanted to point out was that I'm very proud of that. I'm very extremely proud of that. And that's how me and Shireen know each other, because I was working with uh, Boy as their producer. And that's how we kind of connected. And Lloyd to produce Urine Boy 2019. And then this great opportunity came on board. And Shireen was like, oh, I'm going to work with Jermaine because he's just too deadly. <laughs> <laughs> and I put my hand up because I think Shireen's, Shireen's amazing. Definitely had to hit the ground running with this festival. It is so easy when the talent pool is there. We know working with our community with First Nations creatives, 
there's a lot there and there's a lot of emerging mid-careers and established artists and just need to have more of these opportunities and platforms so we can showcase them. And I think that's that's key to what made it easy. Would we say easy? To come across such eager and hungry creators Yes, it made our process that much easier. So how Black Heart came about was a partnership with City of Melbourne and Federation Square. And what they wanted to achieve was instead of looking at what events they could create to drive attendance within the municipality, they looked at ways on how to diversify the audiences. And Jermaine, you and I know when you see First Nations on stage and you see yourself reflected as a First Nations person and you see yourself reflected on that stage, that's when you you want to engage with an event. You know that it's a culturally safe space. And I think that's why it's so important to have First Nations producers, First Nations curators always leading these conversations and these festivals and these events. Uh, One thing I love about being a curator is, and it's something that I've learned from working with First Nations festivals and uh, First Nations theatre companies, is that not only are we always on the lookout or scouting for black talent, providing them opportunity, we're creating, we're presenting powerful and engaging performative art and it's being creatively controlled by First Nations artists and creators. Our stories, yeah, that our stories are provocative and they are affecting. And it gives voice to our unique and diverse cultures. The best people to tell First Nations stories and to stay true to authentic, genuine story are First Nations people. They've, they've lived and experienced firsthand those, those hard issues. Absolutely. And I think art is a way, you know, performing art, visual art, any medium is really our way of telling our stories in a in a contemporary setting. I like to say in the arts, we are still quite political, but not in the way you view someone being political. Yeah. And as a First Nation curator, we are constantly demonstrating a deep personal connection to our community and signalling genuine intent to showcase black excellence and to break that new ground, you know. Uh, And it's really exciting to be advocating and creating change and mentoring the next generations of First Nations creators. You're deadly. I don't know if this was the same with you, Shereen, but this was my first time ever curating an actual festival. And it was such a celebrated event and festival. A lot of people are talking about it. People are still talking about it today. And that needs to be commanded. So freaking good work, Jermaine and Shereen. (laughs) Absolutely. And I think it's given these opportunities and having worked with First Nations creatives, we knew the talent was there and it made our our job so much easier it's definitely one of those things where as a curator as first nations people we're always wanting to give as much opportunity 
as we can to especially the young ones. And I think a part of the festival that was so exciting to me was seeing young Brianna there and Dylan, local fellas, perform right before Shakaya. That's one of the most rewarding things to come from being able to have these opportunities to curate First Nations creatives. Oh, absolutely. Being key blackfellas in the community, people, the creatives come to us for work constantly. And to know that we've actually given back to community, created this platform and try to fit in as many First Nations artists in there, that that's why we do what we do. Shireen, how do you feel about future trends and what that could look like? And like the industry that we are in now? So a main thing for us as curators coming in to program a space like Federation Square, there was things that that I knew that we took into account and one being as First Nations creatives, we don't always get the opportunity to have a platform or be as visible as we were when we were in Federation Square. Now, we know Federation Square is the heart of the city it's a major thoroughfare so we know that people walking by can engage with us and watch us perform and see us as first nations people in a new light and i think i think that's the beauty about first nations artists and creatives that we are forever evolving and we are trying out new mediums and that's our new way of continuing our culture like you said, Shireen, the world is always evolving and as First Nations mob, we move along with these these future trends. So we are always adapting to change. I mean, look at today's, like we, majority of our work is via virtual content. And I'm currently working on a project where, a ceremony, in fact, where predominantly it's all online content-based corroborees and storytelling. Last year, before the whole COVID, we would not have known that. In a way, we are always changing with time. So I couldn't say that there's one specific trend. I guess that would tape us into a box where we are beyond that. We are forever evolving the type of art we create, programmed what we did program. We look to shift the paradigm of what it is to be a First Nations creative in, you know, 2020. Our stories now are being told in new ways and that doesn't mean they're any different. It just means that we're forever evolving. And one of the programs that we've included into Black Heart Festival was a drag component. And drag is changing. It's so inclusive now. And we've got Miss First Nations, which is a party passport program, Ben Gratz, Miscellaneous, and Marzipan. It's really beautiful to, to know now that people are seeing drag in a completely new light. And it's, it, it's, it's very inclusive new mediums like drag for First Nations artists, you've got to think about the suicide rates and everything else within our community for queer fellas. And this is a new way for them to express themselves and be a part of the community, a community. Yeah, true. One of the proud moments that I had with uh, Blackheart was including 
First Nation drag part of the festival. Two amazing drag queens, Cerulean and Going Motherless Cold. So they were in drag and they'll do some dancing to music, voguing, just yarning out with people in a roving kind of setting. And it was a really it was really interesting to see how audience responded to that. And the thing is, we shouldn't really have to because drag is art. And as a queer fellow myself, like it was really difficult coming out and drag in itself. A lot of people hid that and it wasn't really ex- inclusive. So actually to, be, to actually have this part of the festival, it opened up so many doors, not only for um, people watching in, but for those artists, those drag artists too. You know, in the times now where the arts industry has taken a massive hit with the pandemic, it's a, I think it's, it's also a good time for institutions to look within themselves and look how to better support First Nations creatives and really putting First Nations first and being the the key drivers in engaging and having First Nations senior producers in positions where they can lead those conversations, lead those programming and start to work with First Nations creatives for First Nations audiences and the broader community alike. Yeah. Well, to be honest, did the art stop when the pandemic hit. I feel it gave the artists that more drive and time to really think about their craft and really understood how important art really is. And as First Nations creatives, as curators, we get to see the the struggles, I guess, or the importance of art. And it's really great to see institutions and companies that opening up their money bags to provide artists, creatives, you know, that extra support during these really hard times. It's changing how people, the wider community, perceive First Nations artists. There's a special place for us to do ceremony and continue our culture through traditional dancing, but we're almost only ever seen in that light and I think to be able to have an opportunity like we did with Blackheart and the other festivals that we also work on Jermaine that is our vision is to engage with these audiences and change how they see First Nations creatives. Absolutely and I think there's a hunger out there from audiences wanting to see First Nations performative art in that light because there's so many talented blackfellas out there that are creating new works that are in development at the moment. And you know what? Like, blackfellas are bloody deadly. Blackfellas are deadly. If not the deadliest. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) And look, we've got amazing stories that are ready to be told. And now it's up to us as curators and and, uh, organisations to open up their their minds and their pockets and buy First Nations works. So if we were offered to do Blackheart again from Federation Square in the city of Melbourne to put it on as a curator, Shireen, 
would you do it? Absolutely. I think to be able to have that opportunity to provide that platform for our community, for First Nations creatives, wherever they are in their career, whatever opportunity that comes our way to be able to do that, absolutely. And likewise, I'm all about creating opportunities and creating pathways for our First Nations creatives. And and Blackheart is the perfect example for that. And it go it, it shown uh, last year when it was held. And how many audiences did audiences audience members approached or came to the festival? There was like what a, a couple of thousand? I think more than that. Over fifteen thousand. Fifteen thousand people. Fifteen thousand people came in. And you I reckon not even what ten percent of those people were even seen a First Nations artist in their in their craft before. So for them to come and see what First Nations art is that's extraordinary because they are the ones that actually kept talking about how deadly these mob were. Beautiful. Thank you, your mob. That brings us to the end. We really want to thank anything but Square, Federation Square mob for allowing us to be part of this conversation. New episodes of Anything But Square are released every Wednesday and we encourage you to subscribe to the podcast and sign up to their newsletter at fedsquare.com. We are really looking forward to creating Black Heart Festival again next year. Bigger and blacker, of course. There's going to be some amazing First Nations programming part of the festival next year, a part of the Federation Square next year. So watch this space. That's Jermaine and Shereen signing off. Love you all. Take care.